Welcome back to the Gear for Music podcast. I am here today in the absolutely beautiful Montreux in Switzerland. And the reason I'm here is because of the Montreux Jazz Festival. But I'm also joined by a very amazing guest, which is Michael Wolf from Shaw. Uh, Michael, how are you? How's your weekend been so far here at the Montreux Jazz Fest? It has been wonderful so mm -hmm. far. I usually arrive Wednesdays before the festival starts. So I'm already here for almost a week. Unbelievable, it's almost a week yeah. already again. Yes. Gives but you time to yeah, set up and everything. Time and yeah. uh, say the festival usually starts at, on a Friday and mm -hmm. I arrive on a Wednesday. So, and I literally carry all our gear, make sure that everything arrives here at the festival, yeah. all our material. And then I have two days setting up everything mm -hmm. our office and provide all our materials to the different venues and stages. Yeah, so to where we are now, which is in like a backstage area, so you might hear things moving around behind us. I mean, so you've been coming here for almost 20 it's not almost, it's over. Over 20 years? Yeah, my first year was 1997. Yeah, I was just here a couple of days to mm -hmm. look around and then uh, onwards from 98 until today. So this is actually my 25th yeah. wow. anniversary on-site support. Uh, without Corona, it would have been 27, yeah. but um, 25 years. Do you remember what your, for, your first Montreux festival was? Who was the, like, the main act that you were here for? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I think Emerson, Lake and Palmer was on this year. Might be Eric Clapton as well. Okay. But, wow. That's, yeah. That, you're challenging me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, the thing, <laughs> the thing with Montreux is like, it's so steeped in history. Is it 57 years this year? Yep. Yeah, see. Oh, it's a, there's a big Montreux poster. Festival, yep. <laughs> this year is the 57th year of the Montreux Jazz Festival, and I guess it started with uh, obviously being more of a jazz festival, and there's people like Miles Davis, Ella Fitzgerald, and and all that kind of thing. So I guess you've seen being here for 25 years quite a lot of amazing acts and bands and stuff. Absolutely, and uh, this would probably blow this video and our conversation it just here, talking to about, talk about yeah. this. this place is history <laughs> mm. all the way back to the late 60s when it started as a jazz festival as yeah. you said but it's a music festival yeah it's changed quite yeah. a lot since then absolutely this is a, a, a variety of musical and music styles you mm -hmm. can see here and bands this is incredible and the absolutely. scenery is just beautiful as well that's on top of it well well, yeah, the most you can't see here. That's what you see <laughs> here is, in yeah, the yeah, office. Yeah. And the main acts are actually in this uh, in this building. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, this two main stages, Stravinsky and the Lab, and that's the only. That's the two concerts mm -hmm. um, for selling tickets. Everything. All other events are free. Yeah, it's free. It's amazing. So you can come and there's like a big kind of promenade and everyone can walk down. There's loads of bars and, and, and pubs and clubs and stuff. And yeah, it's just pretty amazing that... Because this is the first time I've been. So I didn't realize how much of like a, a festival festival that it was because like I was expecting it to be like this kind of Stravinsky hall and uh, and that was kind of like it and it's all inside but everything that's going on out there is is pretty amazing there's like karaoke and there's like a techno bar and yeah it's, 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 it's just a cool festival to be around it's got like a lot of vibe I think is the nice thing it with is. it and it's more and more DJs as well you mm -hmm. have the little areas for example if you go outside of this building uh, 100 meters towards uh, the the city there is a place called uh, the Lake House and there is a stage in the, bo in the bottom uh, Le Memphis they have some jazzy stuff there still it's, mm -hmm. it's more like a club and next to it there is in the same building there is a, a couple of DJ areas it's a really it's a packed place yeah. at night time until 4 or 5 in the morning mm. and that's also what the festival is famous for is mm. the, the jam sessions they're happening in the in the in the ground floor of mm -hmm. the lake house as well mm -hmm. it's a lot of 
music events happening yeah. uh, in, 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 the, in this whole venue here. Yeah, I think the main thing is, even though it's called Jazz Festival, it's not actually jazz. Uh, not really. Yeah, no. it's, but it's just it's the history. It's, of the, it's the name. It's the logo. Yeah, that, that's what it's known for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a music <clears throat> festival, and if you just tonight we have uh, rap and, and hip hop and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We have yeah, all different kinds of music here. Like we said, you've been coming for twenty five years. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you do at the festival? Like, what is your main thing that you look after here? I am a senior manager for a global regional service operating out of our EMEA headquarters mm-hmm. in Germany, mm-hmm. Schur head, uh, EMEA headquarters in Germany. So my, my regular job is to look after our global uh, service center operations. Once a year, for the last 25 years, <laughs> <laughs> I have the great opportunity to come here yeah. to the festival. And what I literally do is we provide material, uh, microphones mm-hmm. and wireless systems mm-hmm. to the festival. We are a, a production partner yeah. of the festival mm-hmm. since 1995. And ever since we provide, yeah, as I said, microphones, wireless gear. Mm-hmm. We have over 1,700 individual pieces here at the yeah, festival. Okay, well, yeah. um, 125 wireless channels, about around 900 wired microphones, mm-hmm. 500 accessories. We provide all this gear on 10 different um, locations, okay. stages, yeah, yeah. and here. And I look after all this gear, mm-hmm. especially the wireless system. It, it turned out over the years that in order to maintain the operation of our wireless gear, I need to know all the frequencies. So what I do during the daytime, I literally visit all the sites. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in contact with all the local crew on the stages and collect frequencies throughout the afternoon, mm-hmm. sound check setup. Um, they text me, they call me, they provide the frequencies and I record them Okay. during the, day, uh, the afternoon and then I ensure that it runs smoothly. So it turned out that I I'm assisting with this frequency coordination yeah. uh, at the festival. So I'm working for sure, but I'm not working for the festival really. Yeah, know? okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here with a, a technical partner. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I said it's, uh, it turned out that I'm doing the frequency coordination over the years. It just hmm. evolved. So with, with the frequency coordination stuff, um, I mean, how did you kind of get into that? Because it's such a niche thing to know quite a lot of, about. Did you have like a background in kind of sound like technology in the sense of like were you a, a monitor engineer or a like a musician I imagine if you started off playing something and then yeah. so how did how did that kind of that come about naturally I'd say yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a musician I, I'm not a sound engineer but I'm a musician um, and I started with sure uh, 29 years ago yeah I already was a musician back then yeah that's yeah. how I knew okay sure microphones mm-hmm. yeah of course yeah yeah and then ever since um, I started in service repairs. Yeah, that's what I did most of my career. Uh, looking after products, of course, I get familiar with all the products. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In order to repair the products, mm-hmm. you need to know how it works. Yeah. Right. Of course. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the thing. And then um, when I started with with Sure, we, we had some wireless systems, some uh, you know basic microphones, uh, wireless, and also um, body packs mm-hmm. instr- for instrument uh, wireless. And then you grow into it after mm-hmm. year after year. You evolve with mm-hmm. the technology. Yeah. Uh, um, and you know, sure, makes great products in wireless yeah. now. You know, mm-hmm. this, is, this is this is great stuff. Mm-hmm. And also um, the uh, the software, uh, yeah. the wireless workbench. Yeah, yeah. 
it's a great tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes and it a lot easier. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And looking back at at the early years here, you know, you have your VHF systems set up. You know, you have a, a, a portable scanner. You walk around. Mm -hmm. it, it was crazy sometimes. Yeah. To, to to keep all these, you know. Uh, Uh, gear running because the the interference was a lot worse. Yeah. You know the the technology of the wireless systems, the filtering, the the intermodulation that was really a lot worse. Mm -hmm. Now we, mostly everything's digital. Mm -hmm. It makes life easier. Yeah, yeah. And and there was some some tough times. You know. Um, running around and you know people call up <laughs> and said I have a problem here. And I said, yeah. Oh, I can't really figure out where I come from. Yeah. Also a lot of people were not familiar with RF and wireless and what it does because mm. you can't see it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't really know. It's not yeah. physical. And people come in and they just they, they buy a wireless system in the shop mm -hmm. and then they carry it around. Yeah. And then they come to a festival and they just power it up, plug yeah. it in, and all of a sudden you hear a, a, a noise yeah. from somewhere else on the loudspeaker. So mm -hmm. Where does it come from? Mm. We had all this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. now people, you know, are very familiar with yeah. be careful, If you plug in and power up a wireless system, check the frequencies first. Mm, yeah, it's important at the festival side. Absolutely, yeah, because some of the stages are really close to each other. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, got to make sure you're not crossing. Exactly. Where the office is right now, you know, just above us is, uh -huh. is, is, is the the lab stage. Yes, and down there is Listomania. Mm -hmm. And I'm just in between, mm. um, and I scan both stages from my office here. Oh, okay, so you can pick so up both. I pick them up. I see the frequencies. So I, um, if I see anything worrying, mm -hmm. I'll I'll check with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same um, with Stravinsky, the main stage. Mm -hmm. I have a direct uh, connection to our um, wireless setup mm -hmm. uh, at the monitor area up there. So I have full control of our um, Exit Digital system up there and yeah. our PC 1000 system. It's all networked. Mm -hmm. um, so I see everything happening on, on, on these uh, stages. So you said about the all the equipment that's here. So does any of the equipment, I mean, you mentioned the Axiom and PSM 1000. Is that, so that kind of stuff is, is a lot of it different to the Shure equipment that you can buy from places like Gear for Music? Is it more the pro end of things? So is a lot of the stages here using Axion and PSM 1000 opposed to something like SLX or, or GLX? Yeah, we absolutely have our, our top notch of equipment here. Okay, yeah. Uh, with, uh, with Axion Digital, PSM 1000, that's the spearhead of, the, of our wireless. Mm -hmm. Also in the wired section, we have the, the uh, a range of uh, SM, Beta and KSM lines. So yeah. it's, it's the top notch of the, the pro yeah. equipment that mm -hmm. we have, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely, yeah. Um, we don't have lower tier or retail products actually okay. at, at, the, at the festival, yeah. no, not really. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess with the Axiom stuff, you want to make sure that everything's going to be as as high quality as it, as it possibly can, especially with the, yeah. the the fact obviously you're managing so much of the of the frequencies for those systems. Yeah. I guess you can't really do that so much on the SLX, and I mean you still can, but oh, like, still not can, to the same yeah. extent that you're doing you it. You can, but it's like uh, on on the on the main stages, you know, the equipment we provide is of course is is is, is our top yeah. top yeah. line. But you have a lot of touring productions coming in, and they're using and they carry. You will be surprised what uh -huh. what you what you know they open the box and see okay what's this mm. we had GLXD mm. you know especially on the uh, outside stages mm -hmm. people carry GLXD for their guitars yeah the SLXD I've seen as well uh -huh. ULXD well 
is already yeah yeah a higher higher tier but we have seen a variety in the range of our products showing mm. yeah absolutely in my band we had like a our own indie monitoring uh like rat case yeah. and uh, in that we had like a really old psm 700 okay. system yeah, yeah. from like the early 2000s and we'd like rock up to gigs with that and stuff uh so yeah i bet you've Yeah, we had PSM 700. Mm -hmm. uh, so like, the, for many years at the festival, that, yeah. was, that was the top line of our Indian yeah. for Yeah, honestly, they were, we got them on eBay because they were like really cheap because obviously they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, and they're great. They were amazing. Um, so you saying earlier about you got to make sure everything runs smoothly. What's a situation where things don't run smoothly? Like what's an emergency problem for you where you're just like, oh, I need to fix this now. Otherwise, everything's going wrong. Yeah, the thing is, As I grew into this frequency coordination role, mm -hmm. when it comes to a, a, an interference somewhere or a wireless system doesn't work, they call me and then I try to figure out where it does come from. Mm -hmm. So the challenge is if I don't know the frequency and somebody showed up, there's a typical is um, the broadcasters when they when they walk mm -hmm. around with the cameras and yeah. they, they have a wireless setup on the cameras. That's probably one of the worst cases okay. uh, scenarios which I already. I had a couple, yeah. On well, the worst case, I can't tell the story. I usually tell the story. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, one of my favorite bands is Toto. And they played here 2016, mm -hmm. 15, 16, somewhere there. I was really excited to see the show. And usually I go to the front of house or next to the monitor and mm -hmm. watch the show. And I was at the front of house and they started playing. And just during the first song, a phone rang. Mm -hmm. Was the monitor guy? Well, actually, the technician working on stage, yeah, the yeah. monitor guy. He called me up and said, "We have a problem with our background singer vocal." Yeah, what's that? Okay. Walked to the monitor, mm -hmm. and he showed me literally. He showed me the receiver, and it was full signal. Yeah, but it was not the signal from the transmitter. Oh, okay. It was something, something else. else. Yeah. So it cut out. It mm -hmm. cut out. Yeah. And um, so they already uh, swapped it with the, with the backup mic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I started investigating mm. because it was a real strong signal. It must be somewhere on the stage, yeah. backstage or in the audience. Mm -hmm. So I literally walked around during the show. Um, couldn't figure out what it is. Mm. Um, show was at the end you know it was a great show from what I heard yeah <laughs> the, the little bit that you yeah, got so the story <laughs> is that at the end I looked at the, at the stage um, on the other side um, there's stage left there's the monitor mm -hmm. stage right is usually guests yes and VIPs yeah yeah and all of a sudden uh, I saw a camera team walking down from the stage right to the backstage area mm -hmm. packed with stare Three, four transmitters. Okay. Body packs. Yeah, yeah. I looked at them. That just check the frequencies. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. One of it was a hundred percent hit mm -hmm. on the background vocals. So they were not there before. Mm. They just showed up, just went up. on stage. Well, this is really a worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. But it it turned out that this crew traveled with Quincy Jones. Oh, okay. Which Quincy yeah. was a, a producer for quite mm -hmm. some time mm -hmm. uh, for the festival, co-producer. Yeah, big part of the festival. Uh, big part. And he was literally here every year for yeah. quite some time. And they traveled with him and made a documentary for Netflix. Oh, okay. And so this guy said, sorry, we didn't know. And yeah. Said, well, yeah, the typical thing. Mm -hmm. So, and... Uh, That was funny. So, and then that was also a, a, a time when I when I get to know the you know the, the Quincy Jones 
uh, corporation, the the the, the, mm -hmm. the president, and yes. etc. So yeah. But these guys, they didn't know mm. what they're doing. Yeah. In regard of turning on, on and with off. the frequencies, yeah. And I said, well, it's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, fair so enough. Things like this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, seeing as you have, I mean, I asked you kind of briefly at the start, but seeing as you have been here for 25 years, who is the one artist that's kind of stood out for you? Oi. Like you can like whenever you think back to these festivals, that's the first one that you think of. Like that's your, your a core memory well, that's locked. There, there is there is more than one, but there is when the festival is also famous for its unique creations of events, which yeah. only happen once in mm -hmm. a lifetime. Yeah, mm -hmm. a combination of musicians, mm -hmm. especially. Uh, I'd say you know if if you think about what David Bowie I've seen in the early two wow. thousands, yeah, was quite impressive. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Prince had yes that very very uh, remarkable shows here. Uh, yeah, I remember a year that he had three shows in a row. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, three three days, three shows. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, in one year, it was two shows one night mm -hmm. also um, said this this is incredible uh, the, the Quincy Jones um, um, anniversary shows that mm -hmm. all the shows they put on for Claude Knobs mm -hmm. all these special things where you have musicians come in at the same time and playing at the, on the stage yeah. and it's only happening once mm -hmm. in a lifetime and yeah. it's here but it's hard to name just just one just one there's it's, a lot it's, it's, I mean, it's too many yeah, yeah, yeah. it's too many so you mentioned obviously you're a bit of a musician yourself what what oh you started out off as being a bit of a musician what what do you play well i started as a kid i started trumpet yeah play the trumpet uh -huh. in a typical german brass band mm. marching band and then i started playing drums at the age of 13 14 mm -hmm. and i i did that i was oh, i do it still now okay uh, not so much anymore yeah, yeah but uh, that's what i did playing drums for yeah, yeah. most of my music too. Mm -hmm. Have you got like a band together with some yeah, friends? Yeah, a couple or? bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover bands. Yeah. You know, cover bands, top 40 bands like nice. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was always lots of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I said, um, I'm not doing it as much anymore, yeah. but I yeah. still consider me a musician. Yeah, yeah of course. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously being at Montreux, it's a, such an inspirational place to be. When you go home, do you ever think like, ah, I'm inspired more now. I want to yeah. get back to playing some more drums yep. and doing more gigs. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the place here where you where you catch up a lot of mem memories as well. Uh -huh. And, you know, coming down to Montreux once a year is like feeling... It feels home almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. In, in a certain way. Yeah. And imagine I, I spent one and a half years of my life here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, usually spend 19 nights, sometimes yeah. 20 nights. Yeah, you usually here yeah, for quite if, a while. If you then. add that up, that's, yeah. that's, that's around about one and a half years. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, I, I feel so homish kind, mm -hmm. of, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Like, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's good to be back here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, especially also, you know, the crew, mm -hmm. the house crew, the production crew, the sound crew, the audio crew, literally a lot of them I know for 15, 20 years as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's almost like a, a family meeting every it's time. A, it's a coming home yeah. and it's meet and greet and you walk into the building and you see all these familiar faces. Yeah. Again, and and that's, that's really great. Yeah. yeah. And it makes work really, really comfortable. Yes, yeah. If you work with a great team. Yeah. Yeah, and if you can hang out with with each other as mm -hmm. well, 
Yeah, um, that's very important. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an amazing festival. Like just being here for a day so far, I've really gotten that vibe of like I would come here every year if I could. Because yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for sitting down with me and talking about all this. I give you one more story. Yeah, go for it. I go one, give one okay. more story because when, when we talk about memories. Uh huh. Um, and history, and you, and you look into the you know the, the history of the festival and Montreux itself. Mm-hmm. In my early years, um, there's recording studios, um, or let's say recording trucks in the basement of the festival. They record, okay. they record the, the, the concerts, yes, yeah, audio yeah, yeah. and video. Mm-hmm. And uh, there they used to be a recording truck uh, with us with the recording engineer uh, David Richards. Mm-hmm. And David Richards. Um, was the, the late owner of the Mountain Studios, most famous for the last five, six albums for Queen. And okay. he was the producer of Queen. Yeah. So, and he was here every year mm-hmm. for the entire festival as, as the responsible uh, recording engineer in the, in, the, in the track. And he invited me to his studios when it was still up. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been a, end of the 90s. Uh-huh. One of my first years, I, it was really impressive. So I got a tour mm-hmm. through the studios yeah. yeah which is now a museum oh, yeah uh, there's at the queen now yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and he, he i think he bought the studios in the early 90s after, after well queen queen owned the studio mm-hmm. he bought it after freddie mercury died yeah that's from what i heard and then uh, he ran the studios until his passing 2013 mm-hmm. yeah that's when david passed away and uh, yeah i'm i'm, I'm really i'm really uh, it's it's great memories to yeah to to know someone with the history like this guy yeah that's know, amazing to, to, yeah. to meet him and you know and he invites you to his to his place and yeah. shows you around yeah um and you get to see where queen have recorded amazing you see songs. Where, where where history yeah was made yeah totally yeah yeah and uh, this is just one of the examples uh, yeah and uh this i i really liked it i enjoy it mm-hmm. but it's uh <laughs> That's the enjoyable part. Yeah. Besides being a twenty-four-seven yeah. uh, standby. Yeah, always on call. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's 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 hard work, but it's also some really really yeah nice things for m- my memories. Yeah. That that's really happening. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, and thank you so much for talking to us about frequencies and Montreux and everything. Uh, so I hope the rest of your festival is really good and you don't run into any problems. Um, but thank you to anyone listening. Uh, if you like to hit the subscribe button and like this video and leave a comment and uh, yeah we'll get back to you Uh, but yeah thank you so much and uh, see you next time bye thank you too bye bye take care